so Eric, uh, it's been a week since the Democratic convention in Oshkosh, and um, there's this thing that I'm kind of obsessed with, even though it's a week later. Oh, believe me, I know. You know, Jesse. you've heard yes. me talk about it. Yes. Um, I, I honestly can't stop thinking about it. I can't stop playing the clip over and over again. And I wish that this were video so I could just show it to everyone. But I just like I want to paint a word picture. An audio picture. I want to take our listeners there to this place. I think they'd appreciate that. So imagine a, a convention ballroom in beautiful downtown Oshkosh, Wisconsin, on the water. Gwen Moore, a congresswoman from Milwaukee, finishes her speech. Everyone's excited, enthusiastic. And then Pat Benatar's All Fired Up starts playing. So Kathleen Vinehout, state senator from Alma, she's running for governor. Uh, She's a Democrat. Obviously, it's a Democratic state convention. She's walking out to this song. She is all fired up. She's shaking her fists, hands in the air, full on the moment. Like her whole body is consumed with this song. She's lip syncing. She is so excited. She comes up. She's ready to give her speech. And she is clearly all fired up. Fired up. It's our time to win. Our time when everything falls in line. What is it deep in our hearts that brings this fire? It is our passion to love and care for those in need. Yeah, I think the reason that I find this clip so utterly delightful is just the absolutely unconstrained joy (laughs) and enthusiasm (laughs) emanating from this woman. Her whole body is like racked with this music. She's got her dukes up. It is something to behold. And you can feel it when she's talking clearly. It's like when you're like driving in your car and your favorite song comes on and you like turn up the music really loud and you maybe get caught car dancing a little bit, but you're just like totally in the moment. She's doing that, but she's in front of all of these people who are totally there for it. Uh, And I respect that. I applaud that. So Kathleen Vinehout, she, she, she was enthusiastic, excited. She had a respectable showing in the straw poll that was conducted at the Dem convention. Not first place, not last place, middle of the road. And we'll get to that. We've gotten the most important thing out of the way. We've talked about that speech intro, which I can't get off my mind. Um, and we're going to talk about the rest of the convention. We're going to talk about the straw poll, the speeches, all that good stuff. This is Wedge Issues, Cap Times podcast about the 2018 elections in Wisconsin. I'm Jesse O'Poyan, Cap Times political reporter, and I've got my trusty pal and coworker Eric Lawrenson with me. He's our tech and culture reporter and the guy who makes all the podcasting magic happen here. Stick around while Eric and I hash out the results of the straw poll. We talk about all the Democrats up and down the ballot. It's not just those 10 Democrats running for governor. There are candidates up and down. Uh, And we'll talk about whether or not a blue wave is coming to Wisconsin and what Democrats think they need to do to make that happen. Okay, let's dive right in. So uh, let's uh, go over some context here, first of all. So tell me a little bit about the State Democratic Convention and specifically, like, how different is it from the Republican convention that we talked about two weeks ago? 
the Dem convention, they generally do it over more of a two-day spread as opposed to Republicans try to pack more of the programming into one day. So you show up Friday afternoon and evening for the Dem convention, and you listen to speeches from the major candidates. Um, and this year, that was pretty much the people who are running for governor because, you know, there are 10 of them. Um, and then Saturday, you come back for, like, uh, state treasurer, secretary of state, lieutenant governor, uh, congressional seats, things like that. The difference really between the Dem convention and the Republican convention is that the Democrats do not do an endorsement process. Um, What everyone's paying attention to, to a degree, at the Democratic convention is the straw poll that's conducted by wispolitics.com. It's not run by the Democratic Party, but everyone who's there participates. Any person attending the convention can vote in this. And this year, it was really record voting numbers. It was just shy of 800 people who cast ballots in this thing out of about 1,300 total people who attended the convention. And, you know, it's not scientific. It's not perfect. It's not make or break for anyone. But it's interesting, certainly in a field uh, as large as this is for the governor's race, to see where people lining up because there's not a lot of public polling out there. And any little piece of data or any little metric out there we can get our hands on, you know, we're, we're interested in seeing what that looks like. Yeah. Can you quickly go over how precisely the straw polling works? Yeah, it's it's a paper ballot. It's got the candidates for governor, the candidates for lieutenant governor, uh, and all the contested sort of statewide races, so treasurer and secretary of state, too. And as we know well, it is a crowded Democratic field for governor. Here's Congressman Mark Pocan talking about that. We have a great field of candidates for governor. Now, I don't know if you remember, last year at convention, I lamented how the GOP was saying that we were so afraid to take on Scott Walker that we couldn't field a candidate. And I told you, don't worry, we will have some great candidates. Well, I didn't under-promise, but maybe I over-delivered a bit. Okay, cool. Let's talk about what actually happened at the straw poll. Who won? Let's not bury the lead here. It was Calderoy's, who at the end of the day walked Podcast away. Podcast guest, Calderoy's. Yeah. Should probably point out here, uh, the two top finishers in the straw poll have both been guests on this podcast already. Of course, we will be having all of the candidates on the podcast, but their episodes did air, so maybe it's a little wedge issues bump. I don't oh know. Oh, my gosh. Calderoy's came in first place with about 23% of 789 votes. Malin Mitchell came in second place with about 11.5%, I believe. And Tony Evers came in third. Just I, I may even have those confused. I think it was maybe 11.8, 11.5. The two of them were within few votes of each other. So that top three... It's good for Calderoy's to be able to say, look at this double-digit lead that I have. It's also a strong, you know, it bumps the attention up on Malin Mitchell a little bit. And it also does well for Tony Evers, who, for all intents and purposes, up until this point, has been considered the front-runner, really based on name ID and previous polling that's out there because he is a statewide elected official. This says, yeah, you're, you're still in the running. You're still in the top. So Friday night, each and every one of these candidates gave a speech. They were each given five minutes. Their mics were cut if they went over that time. And some of the candidates did, in fact, go over that time. But, you know, this is the chance for each of them to sort of make their case before people started voting in the straw poll. And Calderoy's talked about she, she started off by talking about her daughter going through uh, lockdown training, basically, in her school to protect themselves against active shooters. She talked about health care access, paid family leave. And she talked a lot about student loan debt and college affordability, which is something that from the attendees that I spoke with really resonated with them and, and I think contributed toward her doing as well as she did in the straw poll. 
In our Wisconsin, it is time to reinvest in higher education and finally address the student loan debt crisis. Too many Generation Xers and Millennials have had every one of our life's milestones delayed or denied because of debt incurred before we were old enough to drink a spotted cow. Speaking of Evers, uh, something he said during his speech caused a little bit of a spat, I guess, between him and Governor Scott Walker. That is correct. Tony Evers gave a speech. Uh, He talked about why he's running like everyone else did. He talked really about this from the perspective of public schools and school children and how important uh, the future is for them. And he got a little potty mouth, as apparently everyone (laughs) is wont to do these days. But Scott Walker didn't take too kindly to it. Um, I, I will get away with not having to say the word because we have the audio that Tony Evers used. I'm running for governor because I'm goddamn sick and tired of Scott Walker gutting our public schools, insulting our hardworking educators, and destroying higher education in Wisconsin. Scott Walker came out with a tweet, said, look how pathetic Tony Evers is. He's taking the Lord's name in vain just to run against me. And uh, Tony Evers' campaign shot back and said, you know, why are you, why are you focusing on wordsmithing when we could be having a really substantive debate about policy? You know, it devolved on Twitter, as things do. Um, speaking of Twitter, there was one other interesting thing. Paul Soglin went on a bit of an interesting sort of a Twitter rant, I guess, um, following his own showing at uh, the Straw Poll. He kind of came in last with just one vote. He, he kind of came in last. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think at this point there's, we can no say kind of we can maybe it. confirm soon. <laughs> Projections show that he's come in last. Yeah. Um, yes, that that did happen. So Paul Soglin, Madison Mayor, uh, he he also spoke Friday night. He actually wasn't really around on Saturday. A lot of these candidates were roaming the halls, mingling with attendees on Saturday, trying to get their support in the last hours of the straw poll voting. And Paul Soglin was not one of those people. He, as far as I know, was not around at all on Saturday. Um, uh, which he, he retweeted that observation. He that did. You so made. I, I don't know if that's a point of pride for I him or something. I think it was. Yeah, I think I think the, the argument, which, you know, is often the argument when someone doesn't do well in a straw poll is, uh, you know, that they weren't trying. And I could say sort of based on the evidence. He wasn't really trying. He was there. He gave his speech, but he wasn't um, out courting votes in the way that other candidates were. So he did He did earn one vote of the 789 cast out of the 10 candidates running. And he got in a little bit of a spat with Milwaukee Journal Sentinel columnist Dan Bice, who gave him a not great rating. So he was, he was sort of trying to grade the speeches and he gave Paul Soglin a pretty low rating and Sockland didn't take kindly to that. Apparently it was it was a joke, but he accused him as being of being part of the like Russian backed effort to silence the vote for Paul Soglin and I don't know, the two of them are kind of going at it for a little while. And and so speaking of that speech, we do have a, a clip of that. It was uh it was bleak. He he painted a really grim picture of the state of Wisconsin and, and the country. He talked about, you know, we started with Scott Walker, now we have Donald Trump, and here are how things are going for you guys. Climate change threatens the planet. Water's contaminated, our public schools are deteriorating. Geographic and racial disparities in health, income, and social justice sadly are worsening. And your wages suck. 
Okay, so we've been talking a lot about the gubernatorial race, but there, of course, are a lot of other races here to talk about in the 2018 election. Let's talk a little bit about maybe uh, the Senate race, the U.S. Senate race. Tammy Baldwin was at the convention, uh, talked a little bit. What did she have to say? So Tammy Baldwin, as we've discussed on previous podcasts, faces a potential challenge from either Kevin Nicholson or Leah Vukmir from the Republican Party. And a lot of her speech was focused this this past weekend on the financial forces backing those two candidates. So uh, large donors, both in and out of the state, um, funneling a lot of money. There has been about $10 million, I think more than $10 million spent so far on this race. A lot of money pouring in, and we don't even know who it's going to be in the general election yet. And uh, and Tammy Baldwin talked about that. She talked about um, you know Washington being a function for special interests and uh, donors trying to basically buy a, a senator. Powerful special interests are pouring in millions and millions of dollars into Wisconsin because they want a bought and paid for senator. These out-of-state billionaires, they think they can buy a United States Senate seat as if they aren't getting enough from Washington already. I mean, they don't want to put somebody in there who will put Wisconsin first. They want somebody who will do their bidding. Whether it's Yeah, and uh, in the race for attorney general, we had Josh Call talking about his record as an attorney. Um, tell me a little bit about what he was talking about. Yeah, Josh Call um, is a former federal prosecutor, not in Wisconsin, but he also has been working as an attorney for a, a law firm that generally represents Democrats, and he has worked on a lot of uh, voter rights cases. He's worked on some out in other states, but most notably on one here in Wisconsin that uh, they, they challenged really a whole slate of voting laws that had been passed in the state, including the state's voter ID law. The voter ID law was upheld, but a couple other things were changed. So they were able to extend early voting, um, expand some early voting locations, things like that. And so that was actually going up against his ultimate opponent, Brad Schimmel, the current attorney general. Um, The two of them have sort of gone toe-to-toe already on this particular lawsuit, and they'll be facing each other again in November. And in addition to the U.S. Senate race and the attorney general race, we also heard from a whole slate of other candidates uh, people running for Congress, running for state treasurer, running for secretary of state, and running for lieutenant governor. Some of these are contested Democratic primaries. Some of these are Democrats running against Republicans uh, in November. A lot of speeches, a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of candidates on the ballot to keep track of. So when we talked about the Republican convention, a big undercurrent there was about this idea of a blue wave that In the 2018 elections, Democrats are going to do very well, basically, and unseat some Republicans. And certainly that was a – it's been a conversation in Wisconsin. It was a a conversation at the – part of the conversation at the GOP convention. Was it at the Democrat convention? It was. So the theme at both of these conventions is – Whatever the whatever this wave is, you got to do the work to either stop it or make it happen. Um, you know, there there's certainly evidence nationwide to show that the enthusiasm and momentum is behind Democrats. Um, history would indicate that they are well positioned going into November midterms in this particular year. Um, but you know, just as Republicans who have traditionally done well in Wisconsin aren't taken for granted, their previous wins, Democrats who are positioned based on national results to do well 
are, are, are basically saying, you know, don't count on this national uh, trend to buoy you to victory. It's a blue wave, but, but it takes work to make that happen. And so the legislative leaders are talking about things like um, upcoming special elections, legislative elections, just every race up and down the ballot. Um, the the work, the volunteer hours, the door knocking, the advertising, the donations, all of the things that are required to get this energy going. So we have the Assembly Minority Leader, Gordon Hintz, who is from Oshkosh, this convention wasn't his hometown, talking about how that happens. I would clap. And we control our own destiny if we can build on the momentum of a blue wave cresting across the country. But you can't catch a blue wave without a surfboard and some hard work. And when we talked about the Republican convention last time, we talked about uh, garter snakes and squirrels. We talked about wildlife a little bit. Uh, remember oh, Rebecca Clayfish's speech? I remember that very well, yes. yes. Well, um, we've got another little piece of, of nature here for you this week. Uh, you, you were hoping after Rebecca Clayfish's speech that there was some sort of proverb or, or metaphor related to the uh, nature stories. We have that for you this week. Oh, goody. Oh, goody. <laughs> uh, Congresswoman Gwen Moore of Milwaukee, who is uh, – you can always count on her to bring some some excitement and some flavor to the convention in her speeches. She's she's sort of known to be the, the highlight of the night, maybe aside from the keynote speaker. So this time around, uh, Gwen Moore gave us a, another little piece of nature and another little metaphor uh, to inspire and energize Democrats heading into November. We're going to build, we're going to build that great anthill. And you know what Africans say? There's an old African proverb that is my favorite. And it says, together, the ants eat the elephant. Love you! It's probably the best sign-off I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, I'm not sure that you and I can top that at this point. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We could Again, signing off this podcast with love you. Love you. <laughs> hey, listeners. Hey, listeners. Love you. Love you. <laughs> oh, we can man. try it. I don't know if we're, it's, we're only a few episodes in. Like, I don't know if we have that relationship I don't, yeah. Yet. Like, I, th- I think this is maybe a little bit I don't too think we're soon. There. We're going to, yeah. yeah, yeah. Listeners like a, are going to be emailing us like, like, oh, that's so sweet. But it's mm. like a hard like at this point. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're moving fast, but we just feel so much passion. <laughs> You know, we're, we're like all fired Kath- up. We're all fired up. We're all Kathleen Vineouts, really. I'm so fired up about this podcast. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Thanks again for having me. On Thank it. you for joining me, Eric. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to Wedge Issues. Our theme music is Oh, Wisconsin by Loxley. Please subscribe to us on iTunes or anywhere else you get your podcasts. If you like it, you love it, you were fired up about it, you can give us a rating or a review. That'll help us out. We'll be coming back with new episodes every Friday next week. We will actually be back with Madison Mayor Paul Soglin. Uh, be sure to check out our other Cap Times podcasts like Corner Table and Mad Splainers. We run the gamut from arts to politics and everything else around here. Check back with us next week and we'll see you then.